Hi everyone, and welcome to RX Rounds, a podcast that focuses on health education in the Caribbean community. I am your host, Alandra Mitchell. This week, a friend of mine posted, unplug 2020, wait 10 seconds, then plug it back in, because this is ridiculous. In light of the recent pandemic, social injustices, and now hurricane season, we're all searching for ways to manage our psychological health. In this episode, Mrs. Leslie-Ann Belnavis Elliott of Art Therapy Jamaica tells us about art therapy as an integrative approach to mental health. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to RX Rounds. Today, we have a special episode because we're talking about art therapy. So this is new to me, and I'll be learning right along with you guys. Uh, we have with us today Miss Leslie-Ann uh, Elliott, and she's going to chat with us today about art therapy. Hey, Leslie-Ann. Hey, Alandra. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a registered art therapist. I have been practicing in um, Jamaica for the past 11 years, practicing as an art therapist for the past 12. I cannot believe it. (laughs) Um, I attended Florida State University where um, I studied art therapy and, and got an understanding of what the process is about, how to use it with elderly, how to use it with children with various disabilities, and how to use it with adults and teenagers in a hospital setting. So that was my experience in college, and I've been back home using art therapy with different age ranges, different groups, different projects. Um, I'm also a I'm also a photographer. So my first degree was in studio art. So I have an appreciation for the arts first and then developed a, a love and passion for art therapy. I have a private practice. I run um, Art Therapy Jamaica, mm-hmm. but it's really just run by me. And I see um, children and adults with different needs. Currently, I'm seeing clients even during this time. We just ensure that, you know, um, safety measures are in place when they come into to, to the office. Okay. So uh, what target groups can benefit from art therapy? Well, let me say this. What, you know, for your listeners, what exactly art therapy that is. is? Yeah. Tell us what art <laughs> therapy is. <laughs> um, it is a mental health profession, and I like to say that it marries both art and psychology together. Okay. And it uses, it really, so art therapy is really art and psychology joined together to be used to help persons who have difficulty expressing their emotions or concerns. And it's using art as a voice for the client. So understanding the, you know, I have to understand the nature of the art materials. Um, And when I say art, I'm talking about activities that might mean drawing, painting, sculpture, photography. Some may include um, even technological approaches, whether, you know, you know, persons are now on user tablets and stuff. So you have a lot of, um, what's the word, um, programs that they can, your apps is what I wanted to say. So yeah, so it's really using the art process to help persons express their emotions. 
So typically in therapy, you know, the, the therapist may be talking to the individual or they use certain um, theoretical approaches to have them maybe reflect on what's happening, if there's trauma, grief. And they talk about it. Some therapists may give them homework and stuff. The thing with art therapy is the strength is really the relationship between the therapist, the client, and the artwork. And the artwork being the most important aspect of the process. Because art is a form of communication. And so I am trained to understand and look at who my clients are. So what's their age, gender, their background, their biopsychosocial issues. Are they on medication? Do they have a disorder, a disability? Um, did they recently lose someone or putting it into the context of what's happening now worldwide? Um, COVID hitting, that's traumatic for some persons. That triggers a lot of different emotions. It's a stress. It's, uh, it causes stress um, because some persons may lose their jobs. It's just the uncertainty. It, did I say it triggers anxiety? It may trigger anxiety for some so a range and then even broader with what's happening within the American context and you know racism and stuff again that is another level of trauma this you know seeing those visuals all of this stuff that's happening a combination of things is a lot of emotions how do you know if a client was to come in how do they process all of those things and the thing about art therapy is the strength of the art materials that the client uses how it allows you to reflect so giving so if i said you know alandra you know you said to me boy you know you came in and you were feeling um just overwhelmed with what's happening and you couldn't you couldn't articulate that or found it difficult to articulate i might ask you to create either identify shapes or you know give you different materials or so materials like clay paint, um, drawing materials, so you have a range. And I give you the option or, 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 or I can be sometimes specific to say to you, create how you're feeling or what this is, and then while you're creating or even after, there's a sort of thing with you around what comes up, what you create. There are different materials, so I'm, you know, I, would, I can give you the choice to use different materials. So materials meaning, art materials meaning, you have drawing materials that range from crayons to pencil crayons to markers to chalk pastels, oil pastels, and some of our listeners may know some of these or they may know none. Right. And you have like um, sculptural forms of materials which range from as simple as flour and water to play-doh to plasticine to clay to um, wood, you know, you going into stuff that you can build, you know, plastic bottles, uh, cardboard. So that's just a range. And then you have um, paints. So that may vary from actual. So there is an actual paint called finger paint. Think of the, the consistency of Vaseline mm -hmm. on your that kind of waxy kind of yeah. um, consistency that's what finger paint feels like then you have i'm so i'm not talking about when somebody takes paint and, they and paint put it on their fingers fingers that's, that's a right. that's okay. a technique 
but the actual material is finger paint. So then you have that, you may have watercolor paints, um, uh, poster paint that we have popular in Jamaica, tempera paint, oil, acrylic, and all of these have different consistencies and work best with water or less, or you know, you have to add things to it. So you need to know all of these things. And then you have other, you know, using a camera, you have different materials. Even the paper that the clients use is critical. Because if if I give a client a paper and or like copy a paper and it gets wet. What do you think may happen? The paint's you know, not going to stay. <laughs> it's not, or the paper gets crumpled or it tears or whatever. And so that can, that's really critical for me to know what the materials are and how it can be used and how it can be applied because it can cause both positive reactions in a client and negative reactions in a client. So I ha and that's, this, that's the combination of the psychology piece and the art piece. So really knowing how to use these materials, understanding the background of the client that comes in. And when I say background, again, I really mean like, again, their age, gender, their educational, religious background, their biopsychosocial needs. So what environment are they in? Do they have history of abuse? Um, do they have a medical condition? Do they have a psychological condition is it just they're coming in for stress what is the con or is it even like a combination of things um and then i establish treatment plans and treatment goals with art therapy directives or activities that that works they work in conjunction with, with each other clients now can range from being children adolescents adults the elderly families, couples, groups. Yeah. All of that. And then <laughs> hey, so it seems like you have a lot to pay attention to when you have clients, like including the psychosocial portion, their background, um, and then the art itself. So how do you, how do you manage all of those things just in one Setting. it's not as intense as it may sound but I just because you know we're not in front of the art I have to you know break it down for your listeners but that's a good question I think I wouldn't say I think how I manage that is that I have my structure so just like in medicine or in pharmacy you get a prescription that's your template once you get the, the, and you can correct me with the language, but once you get the template, you know what you need to do. So it's the same for me. Okay. I may get a referral process from a psychologist or an educator or a psychiatrist or self-referrals in my case. Sometimes that happens. So then I do an, a, a consultation. That then helps guide me so I get the information. So it's not just I'm working blindly. I ask questions and stuff. And then I now know from my training and my approach what I will do with the client. And sometimes I may even have conversations with the clients and say, what, what goals do you want to work on? And we always check in. Um, the other piece too is that the, the art making eliminates some of the but no, in the Caribbean, therapy is kind of taboo as well as they, 
sometimes i don't know how it is in trinidad i did do a book chapter with a colleague um an art therapy colleague sarah suhan who is based in trinidad and we highlighted like art therapy in the caribbean and i said you know we i don't know how it is now so you can correct me if i'm wrong alandra but for us i found in jamaica sometimes persons don't want people to know what's happening with them yeah or to talk about what's happening is very like <clears throat> they're very guarded or selective with who they say they have to build trust first mm-hmm. and i've found that the difference between just a person coming and talking straight talking but then giving them the option of the art making it sometimes eliminates that kind of um apprehension that may exist when somebody wants to talk about what's happening so you know, when you ask me, how do I manage all of that? The, I let the art work for the client. Oh, wow. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so how is art therapy really different from like counseling or going to a psychiatrist? I know well, it, there's an art aspect, but what, what really makes it different? So I would say all elements may probably be based in the school of thought for psychology or have an element of psychology, right? Mm-hmm. So, what persons may not know is the distinction between a psychiatrist and a psychologist. A psychiatrist, um, I think both understands what's happening with mental health, but they issue medication. Mm-hmm. So they also, me- they have a medical approach. Prescribing. Yes, they can abilities. prescribe medication. Yeah. For the client or the patient, depending on where what school of thought or what facility you're in, I should say. Um, and then psychology now is understanding the, you know, using different uh, approaches to work with the mind and support mental health and emotional health. Um, some psych- you have different psychologists. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have different approaches within it. You, they may focus on family only, development, um, have different approaches like cognitive behavioral therapy, where it's really looking at um, thoughts impacting behavior. Um, You have a range of of different approaches within the focus of a psychologist. And most times they can either do an assessment and they treat, or some may focus mainly on just assessing a client and coming up with a diagnosis and recommending treatment. And others do treatment only or do a combination so you have a range um and then you have you know counselors who just are counseling persons they're talking them through different issues and using a focus so the difference really is that art therapy has components of psychology so you would incorporate approaches or psychological approaches with the client But the main tool, instead of just talking all the time with the client, is allowing the client to use the art making process as a form of healing or treatment for them. So what evidence is there to show that art therapy is really beneficial, that it works in patients? Is there anything that you could think of? The main thing that makes it, um, that shows its process is the, the artwork that's created by the client. 
So I know when I was studying art therapy, I mean, not so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> You've been practicing for 12 years, so I think you kind of so, keep going. <laughs> um, but there was always the question of wanting more research and wanting more evidence-based stuff and all of this. Um, and there's always, sometimes I think maybe other professions may look on it as, uh, how is it quantitative? It involves mm -hmm. art, so how is it quantitative? It might not always be quantitative, but it is qualitative in the sense of the, the artwork. So in other words, when I say the artwork, I look at, um, I always say two things in terms of art therapy that what's important about it is process. Mm -hmm. The process of the art making and the product, what's the outcome, what do they make? So in, when I say the process, it's like what is happening with the, the client when they're making, what's their, ver what's their behavior, and behavior is both verbal and nonverbal. What are they saying at the beginning of the session? What are they saying during the process? And what do they say at the end? as well as the product. How did the making of the art image affect the, the client? That is the strength of it and that's how it's measured. So I will look at, look at how I personally measure it or have to measure it is what are my ultimate goals with the client at first? What am I working on? How did they respond in that particular session? Were any goals met? Where, were, where are they at? And then how did they respond or use the art process to, to deal with that particular goal? Okay. So for example, and, and the, 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 the art is always powerful in that you will see it. So I'll, I'll, share, I'll share a case. Uh, this may answer it better or frame it better. There's a group of single mothers that I was asked to work with in Jamaica. And most of these mothers are from an inner city. And I didn't know how they would have responded to art therapy, mm -hmm. <laughs> how they would perceive me, how they would perceive the process, if there would, would have been resistance. And I brought in certain tools and I had each, it was four days. There's four consecutive days of art therapy sessions, hmm. which, which in itself was really powerful because it was the most consistent, you know, you consecutive. Yeah. And I really was asked to focus on, I must pick up Smile Foundation, which is an organization in Canada that helped to sponsor this with them. The, I really focused on first having them identify who they were as mothers, the role, the negatives and positives. And that was created. The next day was looking at um, things that, their emotions and what they're, how they respond in relation to their children. That was a very powerful day and that was created. I, I used certain techniques. And day three, we looked at, um, we looked at taking care of self as mothers. And then the fourth day was a reflection of everything. And what I noticed day one is everybody created their, their role as being a, a mother, but they would call me aside and be like, um, 
Miss Belnavis, come here, come here, come look on, look on what I draw. And then they would say, um, but don't tell Alandra, don't make <laughs> such and such know because, you know, we don't want nobody in this community to know what I'm making. So it was very like, and the irony, I found it so funny that everybody was doing the same thing. <laughs> everybody was saying to me, shh, don't say anything. But I understood it. I was like, okay, there is a sense of trust is important, respect, vulnerability is important in that space. And will you then abuse my vulnerability? So I'm not ready to share this with you, but they trusted me as a therapist. And I just reinforced that. And I know somebody who was assisting me from the same organization was like, oh, you know, maybe we should change our approach tomorrow because they didn't really share with each other. I said, it's okay. I understood the culture. That mm -hmm. person who spoke was Canadian, but I understood the culture. I said, okay, don't worry. By day four, I bet you, they will open sharing. up. <laughs> By day three, when we were relaxing, you know, had them relaxing and stuff, one person I asked a question because I said, you know, time is running out or whatever. And they were like, to this day, Alandra asked them if they needed more time. To this day, and that was like two, a year ago, nobody has answered me. <laughs> that's, how, that's how engrossed they were in the, the art making process because they were so relaxed. And so I'm looking, you see, I'm looking at those things. I'm looking at what happened when we started. What did they say? How did they respond? Was there any form of tran transformation? By the last day, these ladies were ready to exchange numbers to start a WhatsApp group. They were sharing. They were encouraging. The mothers were sitting there and saying, you know, oh, you know, first day I wanted to leave and I didn't feel any, this thing worked for me or you know, I never really want anybody knowing what's happening. And then they ended up offering each other support. That's my measure. That's, yeah. that's what you, you look at, you know, what, what, what transformation is happening, what's, what they say, how they respond, and what comes out in the art. Wow. That's a beautiful testimony because I often say um, we need to tailor health education to our Caribbean brothers and sisters because everything is not digested the way that they do in the developed countries. Um, and that's one of the biggest missions of our show too, is to kind of tailor the information so that our family, our moms and dads can really absorb it and get exactly what they need from that information and move forward. So that's a really good uh, example. So you talked about the single mothers being a good group to work with, what other settings are you used to using art therapy? Is it like schools? Do you do um, rehab centers? Are you ready for me to open up the encyclopedia? <laughs> oh, so, so it can be used anywhere is basically what you're saying. Yes, I would say this. Um, art therapy can be used with anybody. Does everybody, or, or let me say this, it can be used in a variety of settings and with a variety of persons. Does it always work with everybody? No, but um, I don't know, you might say, but that sounds like a contradiction. But what I mean is um, not everybody may respond to it, just like how you know, not everybody responds to certain types of therapy. Um, but my experience as a therapist, I have worked in a gamut of um, 
locations and with a wide range of clients and have seen it used with a wide range of clients. So personally, I have used it with teenagers in a prison setting. I've used it with children and children, adolescents and adults in an educational setting um, with disabilities, sorry. So it's children, adolescents and adults with disabilities ranging from autism to Down syndrome to learning disabilities to cerebral palsy in both educational settings and a children's home. Um, I've worked with the elderly in a nursing home, um, private practice with children and adults with a wide range of presenting concerns. It could range from behavioral problems, at school, emotional problems. And when I say emotional, um, it could range from grief, um, depression. Uh, when I say behavioral, I mean there's a lot of anger, depression. Sometimes the, the, the clients or the students would be on the verge of being expelled from school and parents bring them in. Um, some other needs, I mentioned grief again. So, you know, the loss of a family member or a friend. Um, trauma sexual trauma um and then personality disorders ranging from bipolar disorder um schizophrenia um, mood disorders and these are adults and children um, with a range of of needs and support and then i've done community-based projects where this is now where I have to go into a community center, work with groups with a range of different things. It could just be as simple as communication issues, um, respect. Uh, I've mentioned working with the single mothers. That was, you know, a need. Um, even the um, National Education Trust and the Ministry of Youth and Education, I was a part of a project where they targeted all of the schools across the island last year in the summer um, and and went uh, targeted students between ages 12 to 18 who had certain behavioral concerns but this I worked with a team of mental health professionals so it wasn't just myself alone working with them and that's just a snippet of of who it can use it. Well, on our program, we focus a lot on the myths associated with healthcare and <laughs> mental health being one that has the most myths. So I wanted to ask you um, specifically, are there any myths associated with art therapy? Oh, many. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many. A main one that I always get is that they think it's only used with children. Art therapy is not only used with children. Uh, children may respond better to it or faster to it because art is a natural form of communication for them. And we underestimate how children express themselves. So we expect children to communicate the way we as adults communicate with a lot mm -hmm. of words and stuff. They're not there yet. They need physical things. They need sports, arts, music, all of that. So yes, they will respond faster to art therapy, but it's used with anyone. And what I've also seen is like 
It's almost as if when adults engage in it, it's like they're deprived of something from their childhood. So when I work with adults, they would be like, I always get called Miss. Miss. <laughs> um, I don't, I can't do this thing, you know, I can't draw. What are you asking me to do? Or you see a resistance. And adults typically will be like that. So I'm trained to understand it. So I will bring certain activities in because just to eliminate the, 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 the resistance. Yeah. But when I see it, I know that that's what they're doing. And then I say, and then by the end, I might say, okay, Alondra, it's time to, you know, we have about five more minutes left to create and time for us to go into discussion. And you'll be like, Lord, you can't give them more time. You need to give us more time. So I get that. I get this whole, and then you see this, this transformation. So that is pretty interesting. Um, even just to see how even boys and men respond to art therapy, um, in my experience, is very interesting. Mm. It's very interesting. Uh, I've said this before, like girls, teen girls will, um, because I worked at a prison with teenage girls as well. It could also have been the setting, again, the issue with trust. So they may open up to a certain point and then they became very protective of the information so it's like they can't go further <laughs> so that's it right with boys and men i've found and most i've worked with most of boys young boys who've had a lot of aggression um they at first will be guarded but once trust is built in the art making process or art therapy process with them that's it that's you're good to go and so I feel like that's an area that really needs like more or men need it or boys need it. Mm. But yeah, so that's one of the myths. Another one is I always get, oh, so you, 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 if I draw something, you can tell me what's going on or you, so what's going on with me, you know? And I think that's really stemming from the Rorschach test or some persons may know it as the ink block test. Um, because that's what happens. They would hold up this pre-done image and then they assess them or whatever. But that's, that's a psychological test that involves imagery. Um, I'm, okay, how do I phrase it this way? When a client creates, there might be elements of things that they create that I know mean something. Um, but I, but if I just automatically say it's this, um, so for example, Alandra, you used red and you were drawing it with it. Um, and I just immediately said, oh, she's angry. I haven't asked you if you're angry. Mm. I haven't asked you about your image. I don't know the story behind why you chose red. I just assume red is anger. Where was the evidence with that? What right. information was that? How dangerous that could that can that be for me to say that without knowing? And then maybe when I explore it, now you might say to me, um, red was the first color that I picked up. <laughs> right. <laughs> or it could be that red was the color of your loved one, if the favorite color for your loved one that that passed. You see, it, it, it can be arranged. So, you know, or it could be what I really think it is, but I let you, the client, confer confirm 
um, what's going on. So that's that psychology aspect, like yes. having them bring out yeah. their issues and discuss it and see what is yeah, coming out so, in the art. And then there are some clients who don't have language. So that's another thing. Mm. So in the clients that don't have language, so in the cases of um, clients that I've seen that have had that have disabilities, I now look on my goals may change and I look on again what's the verbal or nonverbal thing that's that's mm. happening with them. So like I had a, a client with cerebral palsy. Um, I don't know if your listeners may know what that means, but it's a, like a, you can help me here, Alandra. I think it's yes. neurodevelopmental. Right. Um, so muscles aren't able to move and um, right. function as well as a normal individual. And it sometimes affects some of their speech. speech. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in one case, there was it's an adult male who was a wheelchair user and he would just like, scream every time he was coming to my oh. session and the caretakers the nurse at the facilities you know she built a, a response a rapport with him and she's like no man come to miss bell Navis's um session and just stay and after a while he would come and he didn't have language but he would make his sounds and he would and one day i used um what's this called bubble wrap around his hand. My belief when working with persons with disabilities or any client of mine is to give them the choice. But we tend, especially persons with disabilities, we want to always control and, and, and guide their process versus giving them the choice to mm-hmm. make something. And he, what I would do is I would let him tell me what paints or what colors he would want. And so he, he would just gesture with his head and I would confirm if it's a black paint or whatever color paint. And this day in particular, he put like blue at the top of the paper and then he put like purple hair, green, yellow. And then I, I remember and he had a color down at the bottom. And I had to ask what was the image about and eventually he said blue sky and trees. And when you look at it, I mean, he, it was just his fist alone that he painted it because he was so spastic. He couldn't move, you know, we had to bring the paper to him. And just the fact that he made this, like when he was finished, like physically, he was like, you could see he was smiling and laughing in the chair and his energy was much different than when he would come in and be crying. So I look at, I look at that. I look at the nonverbal cues. What's their facial expression? What's their body language? So that, that gives you the idea of the two responses. Hmm, wow. So that's a good way to kind of segue. Cause I think probably for me, if I were, you know, asking about how, art therapy I would be thinking is it for artists or can anybody do it it's it's for anybody because you know sometimes we are taught that an artist is somebody who has excelled in art and they they have an a you know in it or they have their own studio and it's their work is established but then what's really an artist you know, what's really, that's true. That's a whole cultural perception of what an artist is. We have a lot of self-taught artists in the Caribbean and in Jamaica and stuff and how we express ourselves. But 
the school of thought, and I'm gonna use this now when I move forward, is that the clients are always seen as artists. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I have seen where a client, I remember I had an adult client and she said to me, oh, I'm not an artist, I'm not this or whatever. But then when, when she was finished, she created, like one time she created a relaxation image and she used five art making techniques in that one image, but she's never been trained. She's never done any art per se like that. And I mean, I'm the one who went to school and I'm like, lady, you use five art techniques in this one image. You are an artist, you know, you are a, you are a creative. So no, to answer your question, no, it's not that you have to be an artist. It is, even if a client has never used the materials before, my role as a therapist is to support them with techniques that they've never um, created before, have that knowledge, and then guide them. Now, if it is that the client is an artist, sometimes it makes it easier with the expression of what they're, they're more familiar with the material, so they would want to, they know how to use it. But then sometimes they may also be very critical because they also know how to use it. But no, the, the, what I really would say is that um, art therapy does not discriminate because the client is the artist. <laughs> okay. Well, you gave us a lot of great stories about patients that you've worked with and situations that have come up out of art therapy. So do you think this is a technique that is welcome in the Caribbean or even in Jamaica? Hmm. <laughs> um, I will say this. It is a new profession or in terms of establishment and professional body and the framing of what art therapy is, is new to the Caribbean. There are trained art therapists who exist in the Caribbean. I have many colleagues in Trinidad and Tobago, um, some in, in Barbados and Grenada. Um, and then there's me in Jamaica. But there, what I will say is that I have seen the, evol the evolution of awareness of the profession. Okay. So, and it's still evolving. So when I came home, it was kind of like, huh, what is art therapy? What? Mm, I never heard that before. I still get that. <laughs> I still get that. But I get more of, uh, because there's been maybe some aspects of advocacy on my end, um, and our society is changing in terms of awareness and, and, and you know, about different modalities and things. Self-care is now sexy. You know, people are now kind of getting into mental health and taking care of themselves. So I would say that it, it is developing in terms of awareness. Um, persons will call on me and say, hey, you know, I hear of a project or hear of this. Are you, are you aware of it? So they now know somebody in reference to the field, mm -hmm. uh, but it's still, uh, this is new. What I will say is that art therapy is needed yeah. So hopefully with the evolution of it, persons will start to pay for it um, more. One of the things that I, will, that I have observed over the years is that 
once persons may learn about art therapy and they might feel that they could you know they could engage in it one of the responses is oh i can't afford it or they can't afford it on a consistent basis so maybe for personal needs like buy food to pay over therapy food is gonna be covered over that but it does not necessarily mean that they don't think it's important it's just in the value system of survival what what's gonna happen first for them Mm -hmm. so i've seen that i have seen like still people don't they they don't get it yet they can't say okay oh that's why i would need it what i feel that taboo there yeah um I wouldn't necessarily say taboo. Okay. I would more say lack of awareness of understanding why I would need to engage in it. That's what I that's what I mean. So it's um innately within the Caribbean and in Jamaica, we naturally and this is stemming from something from slavery, something about being the roots of persons from Africa, how we respond to trauma how we respond to grief how we respond to joy um, happiness we respond using elements of the arts whether it's through dance movement acting speech poetry art making food we always use all those things so why not use what is innate in us whether it's structured in the form of therapy to help us heal, help us develop. And maybe if we use art where there's less words, but you still get that out, it will help. And it's just for people to see that and recognize that this is what they should invest in. Well, you definitely gave me a lot to think about with art (laughs) therapy, because this, like I mentioned, was the first time I've heard of it. So thank you for educating me. Um, How can our listeners find you? Okay, um, well, they can always check my information on my website, arttherapyjamaica.com. On Instagram, it is at arttherapyja. On Facebook, arttherapyjamaica. Twitter, arttherapyjam. And persons can email me at info at arttherapyjamaica.com. For more information about art therapy and other non-traditional forms of therapy, check out Ms. Lesnian Belnavis Elliott on Instagram at arttherapyja for Therapy Tuesdays every Tuesday in the month of June. If you enjoyed this episode, follow RX Rounds on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button, rate, comment, and review this podcast. We'll see you next round on RX Rounds.